a genuine uncaged wisdom special, the Pom and the Seppo have taken a trip to Australia to speak to two, yes, two highly esteemed experts in the digital marketing realm. Teresa Sperti is the founder of Arctic Fox, an advisory and learning organization specializing in customer transformation and growth. Rajan Kumar is the co-founder and managing director of The Lumery, an innovative partner supporting leading brands that drive tangible business outcomes through the understanding and use of marketing technology. Today, this assembled quartet, myself and Kayla included, is collectively unpacking a hot subject, digital transformation. Absolutely. All right. So before we go into the tech discussion, I want to talk about people a little bit, Raj. Employees are the ones who are charged with actually leveraging the technology that you're going to be putting in place. How can you make sure that they're set up to be agile, cross-functional, and ultimately successful? It's a good question and often overlooked, right? We talk a lot about the four pillars of capability when we're talking about things like transformation and digital, and we talk about people, process, data, and tech, and, and specifically in that order with people kind of coming first. Ultimately, the tech is only as good as the people that are using it. And so, you know, things like training and education and building skill sets, capacity, right? Making sure people actually have the capacity to take you uh, to make use of tech is, is super critical. So, yeah, one of the things we talk to organizations a lot is, is what is the strategy around the people and, and, and of course, the process? Because procuring tech is, is one thing and probably the easiest part of the, the equation, right? Buying tech is, is not difficult. And there's lots of great tech out there. Mm-hmm. You, you'd, be, you'd be really hard-pressed to make a bad decision when it comes to technology. Um, what's harder is what is the effort, the investment, and the, you know, the time you're going to put into the people part of this equation? Ways of working you know, increasing their knowledge, breaking down silos of teams, enabling them to, to, to get better. So it's a huge challenge. I totally agree it's a huge challenge, but it has to be a focus of every organization that's doing anything when it comes to digital transformation. I think Teresa would probably agree, right? Yeah, absolutely. I also like to get organizations to think about partners as part of the approach. I mean, people isn't, it's not just about the, the individuals within your organization, but, but who you're actually partnering with and are they the right partners to enable you to move forward on your journey. Talk a lot about the importance of alignment and the importance of alignment at a strategic level and and having clarity over where are you trying to go and and how do you actually take the organisation on a journey based on what you're looking to achieve. And, And obviously then the tech facilitates that. Having that clarity, having that alignment across teams can enable you to accelerate your plans and ambitions. There's a point there that I think Teresa makes, which is is a really good one around people internally and externally to your organization. There's a real desire for organizations to build their capability, which I totally sign up to. I think it's a strategy that most companies should be you know, gunning towards. Um, this is how you do business. The way you do business is through the use of data and tech. So you have to get better at it, clearly. Um, but there's, you know, there's a balance, right? You kind of need people externally to your organization, whether they're consultancies or, or agencies or or partners or vendors, whatever they are, to help you think outside of the four walls of, of your company, um, to help you get better, to challenge, to give you, you know, outside viewpoints of kind of what you're doing within your organization. So there's always a balance, I think. And there's there's mm-hmm. no kind of, oh, we're going to completely insource everything and do everything ourselves. I, I don't think that's a that's a valid strategy, nor is it going to see success. Might be great for the short term. I suppose you'd strive for when you have the vision. You need someone to help you, as you said, Raj, like see it and then actually 
start to implement it, not just with the technology, but actually knowing what to do. It would take a long time to get this sort of ingrained in an existing staff base and certainly as part of a cultural fit. Well, it's not easy, right? It's not as if everyone's been driving digital transformation for the last hundred years and leveraging all this technology and like, you know, there's not an endless supply of people and resources that have done this time and time and time again. We're talking about, you know, very recent changes in industry and technology and how you use it and customer experience and what that all kind of means. So, you know, one, there's not a lot of historical evidence to kind of base this off. Two, it is hard and change is hard. And so if you're, you're trying to get people to adopt a different way of working, learn new things, uh, integrate technology into their company, get rid of legacy systems. They're all big, big changes that, that people need to go through, uh, which can take years, but that's okay. Yeah. As long as you're, you're, you're driving results kind of as you're doing it versus waiting to the, to the end point and then looking back and saying, okay, did we, did we transform? Um, that's, that's not how you transform. <laughs> that's how I wake up every day, just in case yeah. I transform in front of the mirror. When brands or these organizations are discussing this, this topic with you, is there a, a tipping point or is there a moment of crystallization either internally or externally when they realize actually we've got to get on a new program? Yeah, it, it's an interesting question. And I think that um, I often talk about transformation needs a catalyst. And what is the catalyst within an industry that, that in a way, and this is, this is probably going to sound bad, but in a way forces an industry to change because the environment for many years was very, very stable. And, and we've, we've moved into a world um, which is often referred to as a VUCA environment or a VUCA world, which is it's, it's highly volatile, it's uncertain, it's complex and it's ambiguous and that um, as Raj mentioned before it's an environment that we're not used to operating within and that's why I often talk about this this concept of a catalyst because it forces change upon a business but unfortunately that change often comes too late and and we've seen certain large brands smaller brands and whole industries uh, being uprooted by the the lack or the resistance to change some organizations are more proactive and some brands are more proactive, but that isn't necessarily going to deliver outcomes from a digital transformation perspective. It's not just about how, how quickly you move to market. It's how you sustain the effort and the focus and the energy and the focus on the four pillars or the, or the five pillars that we've touched on earlier are also really, really key to that. You know, it is a, these by very nature are change efforts and that means that you need to completely reinvent your organization from a people process technology data perspective, as well as relook at your partners. And like Raj touched on before, uh, you need to build maturity over time. I think one of the key things to consider as you move through this is it's, it is a journey and how do you build maturity over time and not try and eat the elephant? Because I think that's what often uh, enables organizations to get caught out it is that ability to try and take on too much too soon and the organization's not ready for that level of change it, the catalyst is is so interesting because most digital transformation kind of initiatives or agendas are kind of built around you know things like revenue profitability uh cost efficiencies um you know business outcomes which is obvious people most people that work in those companies probably struggle to kind of identify themselves with that right covid has has probably taught everyone 
something really important, which is purpose-driven change moves mountains. And so organizations that have probably struggled to launch e-com platforms and get their fulfillment processes really humming when it comes to fast turnaround shipping, all those types of things um, have found themselves driving that change very, very quickly and getting into market far quicker than they have previously. And that's because there's a real clear purpose as to why they're doing it. It's, it's mm-hmm. do it to survive as an organization, do it to get ahead of this. And hopefully as COVID ends, you know, they're still viable as a, as a business and as a brand. And so people rally around that. People understand, it's, it's black and white. I get why we're doing this. I get why we're moving this, mm-hmm. in this direction. It's very clear why we having, are having to change or transform. You know, I think one of the lessons that a lot of brands can take out of this is as they invest in, in digital and initiatives and transformation and personalization and all those concepts and themes that we, we throw around in the industry um, as if everyone understands what they, what they mean is actually putting some meat behind it and making sure everyone understands why and what that means for their brand, mm. not what it means mm. for personalization across the industry and what one vendor calls it versus another vendor. That doesn't really matter. It's it, what does it mean for your brand? Get really clear on that because yeah, purpose-driven change clearly works, right? We often see a disconnect between strategically, where does the organization want, want to go and do the, you know, the layers underneath the executive layer really understand that? Do they understand the strategic objectives and do they understand the why? Why are we needing to shift and, and reorient the organisation? Because often that disconnect can lead to very different outcomes. And again, that comes back to, to alignment, alignment through the organisation when you embark on a a significant transformation effort. In transformation environments, you should amplify your communication by a factor of 10. So much will change over the journey as it pertains to to digital transformation and and communication becomes critical across that journey. Don't expect to say something once and for everybody to understand it and just start moving in in that same direction. People need to hear things consistently and four or five times before it actually starts to make sense. There are a lot of tech options out there right now. And so when brands are looking at we want to transform our business. There's probably all of these different things that they want to accomplish, right? And maybe that's one piece of tech or maybe that's multiple, but they're not going to do it all at once. So mm. how can these brands start prioritizing the problems that they need to solve? And then once they've decided, you know, here's the different problems that we need to need to solve for, how are they able to make a decision on what is the best technology solution for them? Great question. So I think that brands really need clarity and organisations need clarity over their key goals and objectives. And again, what what is the vision uh, that, that they're trying to, to realise through investment in digital transformation efforts and more specifically in, in MarTech? Too often we see in market the entry point for decision making is the tech itself rather than actually having that clarity over where are we trying to go and what are we trying to achieve from a business goals perspective as well as from a customer perspective. So having that clarity around what are our business goals and what are our customer goals that we want to achieve are really important. How do you prioritise what's important to customers? The best way is to engage with your customers. And I would say that 
even today, marketers spend far too much time in the office and are too far removed from the customer. There are a multitude of ways to get closer to the customer, whether that's sitting on the phones uh, with your call centre, whether that's, you know, if you have a retail store, going into the retail store and observing um, customers um, and, and their engagements and interactions in the store, uh, or going on the road with, with your uh, business development team, there are so many options available, which helps you to start to understand your goals and, and what those pain points are for customers and, and, and where you need to invest your time and energy. What's also really important, I think, is for, an, for marketers and organisations, when it comes to MarTech, to try and focus energy and attention around two to three um, platforms at a given time particularly if you don't have a strong track record of implementing and scaling and embedding MarTech within the organisation. I, I think, you know, there are a lot of vendors in market. I think it's 7,000 plus, and there's a lot of strong sales tactics in market to entice marketers to, to invest in technology as the silver bullet. Having that, that clarity of, of where you're trying to go helps. But equally, being really clear that we are going to invest, but we're only going to to do two or three things and really focus on on doubling down on those and doing a great job um, in embedding them and scaling them before we start to take on and invest in more technology. Yeah. So you have identified two or three tech solutions. What have you seen where it fails from an imp implementation side? Are there any sort of uh, things that people should have in mind when they have made a selection, how to, how to do it successfully? If we go back to the decision-making process, and Teresa actually posted something about this a while ago when we, we kicked off a, a LinkedIn discussion about it, but I think it starts off with that, how did you land on this decision um, to buy this piece of kit? And often, and I think it's getting better to be fair, but, but if we look historically, I think a lot of organizations have gone down the decision-making process and made choices with technology for probably not the right reasons. So, you know, one of the reasons might have been um, they uh, would have seen the, the tech at conferences. Uh, they know other organizations that use it. Therefore, it must be leading and therefore it must be the right thing for us. That's not a good enough reason to kind of pick one vendor over another. I think a big one is the misunderstanding of what technology is what. It's very difficult for marketers, for, for, for digital people, for, for anyone in a brand to separate, you know, one piece of technology from another, because it all starts to sound the same at some point. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot of, lot of noise in the industry right now about things like CDP, personalization mm -hmm. platforms, you know, Gartner's adding different reviews to their process, Forrest is doing the same, and all of a sudden you've got, you know, vendors and brands popping up that you didn't know played in that space, but now do. Is that a new piece of technology? Is it the same piece of technology that's now rebranded and renamed? What is that? I live and breathe this every day. I would hate to think the process a CMO or a CDO is going through in their own head um, on having to make these decisions when they've got, they've got a job to do um, that's beyond making decisions about tech. And so I think there's a misunderstanding and it's really difficult. There's a level of education that, that probably needs to take place to make more informed, informed decisions. I think there's the pressure to make decisions fast. We see this a lot yeah. in, in market. You know, pressure right from the top, right? From the board through to the CEO and then that, that pressure's heaped downwards onto the business. We must uh, make a decision on tech and platforms. We hear the term burning platform a lot and we need to do it fast and we need to do it by next month. 
I mean, we're talking about platforms that are the things that you use to interface with the most critical people in your business, which is your customers and your staff. And you're making those decisions at a speed that doesn't tie into the importance that they're going to play. Uh, they're directly tied to things like revenue. They're directly tied to things like customer data and security. They're directly tied to the biggest initiatives that the organization is, is trying to drive towards. Yet the decision-making process and the rigor put around the tech decision, it doesn't match up. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of organizations have to step back mm -hmm. and just look at and review. 10, 15, 20 years ago, even longer, when technology was being bought in organizations, largely through kind of probably IT departments, you know, we're talking yeah. about architects, BAs, solution designing, an enormous amount of rigor on decision-making with the technology, but also the implementation and integration of it, right? MarTech has been sold as the, the easy platform to implement. You can buy it, you plug it in, you flick the switch and off you go. And it's not that. It mm. never has been and it never will be. And we're talking like we're talking about very complicated platforms and systems and the yeah. same rigor just hasn't been applied. And I think a lot of organizations are starting to realize that, right? We're seeing MarTech teams, we're seeing um, technology ownership uh, being centralized a little bit more within, within, within groups and within companies. So we're seeing that getting better and better. And I think the vendors are also realizing that as well, because poor decision-making at the front leads to retention issues at the end yeah. for the vendors. And, 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 I, and I know a lot of the vendors in market are talking about that and they're realizing that there is an element of education and probably some more work that needs to be done up front to ensure that the decision is validated, the implementation is successful, the adoption makes sense. So there isn't that issue when it comes to contract renewal time, right? Um, so yeah, to answer your question in a very long-winded way, there's, nice. there's a bunch of reasons, but I think it starts, it starts right from the get-go of how you make this decision. How did you land on whether or not this platform makes sense? Vendors and MarTech providers, how can they make lives a little bit easier for CMOs and marketers? Oh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Might be a controversial um, one yeah. as well. <laughs> well, we're, we're here to speak the truth, you see, Teresa. So let me let me start. Let's see what Raj has to say as well on the on the topic. But I think at last count, I think the Martech industry was one hundred and twenty-two billion dollars. Does that sound right globally? And that probably gives you a bit of a cue as to what's playing out a little bit in market. There's a lot of focus on acceleration of growth platforms in, in market. So as a, as a provider in market, you want to grow your share, mm -hmm. uh, but probably not enough emphasis placed on ensuring that clients are effectively embedding those platforms and deriving value. And so for vendors, what is the measure of success? for their business? Is the measure of success revenue or is it client satisfaction and real value generated for clients? There's a bit of an imbalance in market at the moment. That's not to say that, that vendors aren't focused on mm -hmm. ensuring clients gain value from the platform, but are they truly invested in, in the business delivering on outcomes, delivering the outcomes? I, I, I'm not I'm not convinced that's the case. Um, so as I said, it's probably a controversial statement, but I've, I've seen it 
play out yeah. in in many instances and 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 some big vendors some some real horror stories where it's gone horribly wrong and and, and that's not just on the vendors you've you've got to take you know organizations are making decisions as well in this space and 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 they need to go in eyes wide open to make sure that they're making the right decision for their organizations i think this is where partners play a really crucial role to bring some specialist expertise in to pick the right platforms individuals within organizations have so many challenges that they're trying to solve for the business in this volatile environment that that we operate within that um, they can't be all specialists of everything and specialist providers bring that expertise to the table. They, they've they've um, road tested many of the platforms in market and, and they've seen um, the good, the bad and the ugly uh, through that process. But I think what's key here is not every partner, I would say, is going to be the right partner. And I think what we're seeing in market at the moment is that there are a number of partners that are partnering with certain platforms, but that's not necessarily the right platform for your business. And so you really want to look for partners who are ag agnostic in a way of platform, particularly in the early stages of decision making mm -hmm. to, to pick the right platform that's going to solve your business issues, not necessarily the platform that serves their needs as a business, if that makes sense. They're all fantastic points. I, I have an interesting kind of viewpoint of this because I've played on the vendor side for, for you know, seven or eight mm. years. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm on the, I guess, consulting agency side, um, solving some of the challenges that have, that have kind of been created and, and, and that marketers and, and, and digital leaders are trying to solve for. How can vendors get better? I, I don't think it's fair that this is just a vendor problem the vendors have to get better for sure don't get me wrong um but i think the whole ecosystem has to get better i think everyone has to can i swear on this podcast please refrain from discussing or engaging in any sort of inter-office or or finger or sting or or even even though so many people in this office are begging for it i was about to i won't you you, um, you can everyone has to cut the shit and start yes. being honest yes. um, because you know if you're a vendor um, you have one focal point which is to sell and renew your software and that is um, that is your that is what you're trying to do and that's that's not a bad thing but that's 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 the point right and so if you're a marketer um, or if you're a, you know in digital and you're buying platforms and you're re relying on a one vendor to give you the best advice of what to do across your entire MarTech ecosystem to drive digital transformation and achieve personalization at scale, I feel like you're probably going to get a biased response. Um, and, and, and that should just be accepted and that's okay. And so it's on, you know, the, the decision makers to do their due diligence and educate themselves and talk to the right people in the industry and, and to Theresa's point, find those uh, those players and, 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 and consultancies and agencies that are agnostic or perhaps using solutions that that aren't the, you know, the, the top three or top four that are, that, that are kind of in market a lot of the time. Um, if you're the vendors and, and we work with, you know, a lot of vendors, clearly, like we partner with a lot. Um, we are agnostic, but at the same time, and I think the vendors can probably slow down a little bit especially when it comes um, to the decision-making process at the start. Um, 
you know, make sure the right questions are being asked. Make sure as a vendor that you're clear on the use cases this business is trying to solve for. If those use cases aren't clear, then slow it down because at some point that's going to lead to a problem. Um, mm-hmm. If the decision-making process hasn't been, that, that due diligence hasn't been done up front, you will, there will be a problem at some point um, with, with that client. And no one wants that situation, right? The, 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 the vendor nor, 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 the, uh, nor the brand itself. Mm-hmm. Linking it back to both your points at the beginning, these aren't simple, small challenges. Absolutely, for sure. And, and, and there is a lot of, um, we call them kind of second generation digital marketers now where mm-hmm. they've probably gone through the process of, of buying, um, buying the stack, buying, buying technology really quickly and, and uh, trying to implement five or six platforms. Uh, all at once and have realized that, that that's not really going to lead to success and they're, they're changing the way they're they're approaching the buying cycle they're changing the way they're dealing with vendors they're they are thinking about use cases they are thinking about okay we want to use this to get to market now clearly but it, but over the next 12 to 18 months or, or even further you know we want to be advancing our use of this technology to achieve these types of things okay how do we make sure we can we can find the right partner that can they can line up to that vision because what you're doing right now is, is, is of course not what you're going to be doing in, in the next year or two, but yeah. you still want to be working with that same vendor. The, the last point I was going to add was in terms of kind of, you know, honesty and transparency, I think is in, is in the consulting and agency space, you know, where Teresa and I live now. And I think we have a lot of companies talking about things like personalization, talking about things like uh, data driven customer experience, that haven't come from this world, that haven't necessarily had their hands deep in the tech, understanding how it works, and are out there providing advice and guidance mm. on technology mm. decisions, having never delivered it before. And I mm. think there is a danger in, in, in that kind of approach. Do your homework, do your due diligence, right? Like ask the right questions. If you're sitting in the seat and you're responsible for the decision, Make sure you've gone through that effort because you don't want to do this again in three years. Ask, ask Teresa. I'm sure she probably has done it and she knows plenty of others that have where mm. you've had to make that decision again in two or three years because the first one, you didn't, you didn't put the, the right amount of effort into it. And no one wants that, right? Replacing tech is expensive. Absolutely. You, you know, I think, I think Raj is right. Find the people who have the scars. Once you've gone through a series of implementations, the value is in the learning right um and you want to work with providers who who have the expertise who who have lived experience of of the implementation because i think coming back to a point raj made at the start the selection process in a way i mean it's it's got to become a bit more rigorous and robust but that's the easy bit it's the implementation that's the hard bit and 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 you need to be working with people who have that lived experience to enable you to avoid some of the costly mistakes because like Raj said once you invest in a platform you start to build and scale that platform it's a longer term decision it's not a decision you make and go oh that didn't work I'll just go and buy a new platform now it's a costly it's a costly exercise for any organization small or large but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could they didn't stop to think if they should Personally, I mean, one of the reasons I, um, I, I made the jump from kind of vendor side to, to, to what I do now and what the Lumery does now was I was really passionate about solving these problems, but doing that um, from the perspective of a single solution or a single vendor, it's really difficult because most of no organization is really built that way. No, no, no mm-hmm. Smartech stack within a brand is full of just one logo. You're really solving 
lots of different layers of challenges, uh, whether it's marketing, service, sales, ops, lots of components, lots of different platforms. And so it's, it is difficult to solve the ecosystem, but the ecosystem is full in, in any brand is full of lots of stuff. And so you need to figure out how it all works together as well, right? It's not just about buying this one platform this year yeah. um, that we're going to run our media through or that we're going to drive experimentation through or it's our new direct marketing email platform. Um, how does that thing tie into the analytics suite, into the you know BI platform, into the big data environment, into the CMS into the DMP for media consumption, you know, into like, how does that all work together? And you have to do that every time you make a new tech decision. And so that planning is super critical. I've talked about the concept of partnering and, and that's true of external, but it's also true internally. MarTech, obviously it needs to be business led, not, not tech led, um, but partnering with the IT department along the journey the entire way from every, you know, at every part of every stage of the process from selecting the technology through to implementation is vital. And I think uh, marketers are getting better at it. I think we've, we've, we've progressed, uh, but it's still not where it needs to be. The, the relationship between marketing and IT needs to be, you know, basic, essentially they need to be operating as one. We've talked about how hard and how important, you know, this digital transformation is. How can brands make sure that they continue this long term and that everything doesn't just like fall apart as soon as they've actually said like, okay, we've implemented the tech and we've run a few tests through it. There's probably a few parts of that. One is let's, let's assume, um, you know, the decision-making process for technology selection has been great. Um, and uh, that's really then empowered the implementation onboarding process to, 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 to go really well because you've thought about things like use cases and the data that you need and the integrations that you require. And so, you know, you, you've kind of gone through that patch really well. I think your question is, okay, well, now that we've got a few things live, let's say in the first few months or maybe the first year, how do we make sure that we're constantly driving success from it um, ongoing? And, and I think that comes back to what we very first started this, this discussion with, which is the people in the process. Right, um, the tech is just an enabler. It'll sit there, um, but you need to build strategy around it. You need to build ways of working. You need to provide uh, people with the skill sets, the autonomy, the challenge to, to go and find new and innovative ways of communicating with, it, with your customers to drive outcomes. And that could be outcomes related to customer experience or that could be related to, to, to business related outcomes like revenue and, and profit and yield and, and so forth. And so that might require things like organizational change. That might require things like teams or cross-functional squads. Um, but that all comes back to what you as a brand or as an organization are, are doing when it comes to customer experience and what you're aiming to deliver to your end customer. And that should inform, okay, how are we going to use the, the data and technology to, to help us get us there? And I think if you're, if you're on the path of making tech decisions, you are probably already in that, in that mind frame, right? So it's making sure you're giving your people um, the right ammunition to go, and, to, to go and do great things with the tech that you've invested in. The, the only thing I would add to that is that from the outset, part of this is about um, a mindset. And if your mindset is that this is a project 
and not actually a new way of doing business or engaging your customers, you're probably starting in the wrong place. This will fundamentally change everything about your business and your marketing organization, but, but more broadly, you know, the way you engage with customers as a business. And that's going to require not just investment initially, but that's going to require investment ongoing and will shift, as Raj said, ways of working, culture, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. So start to think about how this is a part of your program, your digital transformation program, which in itself is about evolution and always on change and adapting to the, the changing environment. So even transformation itself is not a project, right? It is part of the, the way of doing business. You, you just need to keep evolving and changing based on the way that the market is changing. Most business models just aren't built around that kind of concept. They're built around they're endpoints. They're built about finite timelines and they're built around quarters and they're built around you know it, it's very very timeline driven and so it is it, i totally agree with what Teresa is saying I, but i can see the challenge that head of marketing or head of product or head of digital would have on reporting back up into the business mm -hmm. on on what this is driving knowing that this is uh constantly evolving it'll change what we decided to do you know now may evolve and be different next year and, but that's okay because that's digital and, and consumers are changing and we need to expect that. And so long as marketers along that journey can demonstrate and prove the value at every stage of the process, sure. then you're going to be okay. Because yes, we can't project what the business focus is going to be in three years time or what we've learned along the way. But what we do need to do as marketers is to demonstrate the value because what we've sold into the executive team or the board needs to to deliver value and, and prove return for the business in order to build our credibility to, to, to gain that, that next level of investment and focus from the organization. Yeah. And I think therein lies a whole nother podcast topic. That does. What, Absolutely. What is the measurement? So let's wrap what it up. What is the measurement? <laughs>